0: The year was 2017. It was a busy, busy year, and it ended on a high note. I recall my colleague, Joy, who was the social media director at the time, coming up to me and asking me in the month of December, I think it was December, to do a keynote on a Friday on the concourse. And she explained to me that the senior leader that was supposed to do it got tied up and she thought she'd ask me to fill in. Well, it was Tuesday, <laughs> so it was shocking to me. And she was asking for a keynote on Friday. I asked her if she realized what day of the week it was. And she said she did. And she said, you remember what you did at Howard University? I saw some of that online. And you could just do some of that and talk about the work that you're doing. And I agreed. The run-up to this is important because it shows that I actually wasn't even aware of what I was going to wind up in. And it was my first Brand Innovators event. And that was the time that I met Ted Rubin for the first time. He was emceeing for Brand Innovators. And he introduced me on that Friday. And I delivered what would become one of my signature Marketing and integrated marketing keynotes that I would repeat probably about nine times over the course of that year that would be upcoming. After that event, I was asked to go to this city and go to that city and do some variation of the same message. I became friends with Ted and learned more and more about him. He's vocal. Yeah, he's vocal, but he knows what he's talking about. And I interviewed him a couple of times for Black Enterprise and decided to also include him in my book. So yes, he's one of the expert voices in No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say. I'll just include myself. Have you picked yours up? You can do it at NoThanksBook.com or you can go to any large retailer, even some of the small ones. Either way, he was My latest guest for the Rockstar to Rockstar Fireside Chat series that I've been doing where I've brought on the executive leaders and the expert voices from the book, brought them to life, live stream, multicast across all of my social platforms, except for IG. But he joined me just on Wednesday, just yesterday. And so I want to bring you that audio tonight, if you missed it. It's Ted Rubin. He is the CMO of Fotify. He's an author and he's a speaker. And we had a really good conversation about personal branding and how it's not just about you. It's all about relationship. Awesome. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to continue our Rockstar to Rockstar Fireside Chat. Um, series with the voices, the expert voices, and the executive leaders from my book, No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say. I'll just include myself. Today is really special because I have marketing guru. I don't know if he likes to be called that, but I call him that anyway. He is extraordinary, and he is one of the major voices in the marketing mix in the industry today. His name is Ted Rubin. And he is a CMO of Photify. He's also an author and he's a speaker. And I'd love to bring him on with me here. Ted, you there? I'm here. Awesome. Listen, we're gonna have a conversation about your role in this book. And just to give some folks some indication of where we're headed with this, he is in chapter seven. And chapter seven is affirmation number six, which says, I will bet on my own brand. And we had some conversation in here about understanding your value and your value proposition, how to understand what your one thing is, but there's something that's really important about developing your personal brand. And that is this one fact, it is not all about you. In fact, the best way to build a brand is to understand who you serve. Isn't that right, Ted?
1: Well, a- absolutely and another important part of it is to understand that you might you might serve different groups at different times or or in different points of the day or in different parts of your life i mean you know we we serve a certain part of our brand, and I consider all of it the brand, but part of our brand at work, part of our brand, it, certainly it's going to bleed into what we do when we go to our daughter's um, uh, athletic pursuits or her school, but it is, it's also going to shift a little bit because now the focus is on probably your child and yeah. less on you and how you serve them. And just a quick thing, I, my favorite part of this whole title is I'll just include myself. That's my <laughs> That's my favorite line. And
0: tell me why, why is it your favorite?
1: Well, you know, part of it is, you know, I just mentioned, you know, daughters and I have two girls and you know what they are in my life. And I I talk a lot in business and in marketing about how much I've learned from them in, in the business sphere, not just in a, as a parent or something like that. The things that they've taught me and the things that I've emulated from them, like, you know, speak to your audience and speak in the way they want to be spoken to and use the tools that they use. You ever try to call your daughter, you know, <laughs> two seconds after the phone rings, you get a text that, that says what with an explanation point. And that's their way of saying, don't call me. I'm not, I'm here, but I'm not going to pick up. Yeah. But I love where it says, I'll just include myself. Cause my youngest daughter was always that kid that if she showed up at the party and she wasn't sitting where she wanted, she included herself. She was yes. her friends and she just kind of like, not impolitely, not like in, in a in a overbearing way, but she just kind of squeeze her way in and say, I'm here. And you and- know
0: what? It's a great point of view for women or anyone who might see themselves in the fringes, in the, the margins, where, you know, there's certain spaces that weren't built with us in mind. At some point, whether they change or not, if we wanna lead, we have to include ourselves. Don't you
1: agree? 100% and also when you include yourself, you change the perspective and the mindset of the whole group, yeah. especially if you bring yourself. Now, if you try to just emulate what you're seeing and do what they do and be who they want you to be, it, regardless of what the activity is, you're leaving yourself out and that's really your value because you're you, I always say be you. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean, look, be you might mean, oh my God, I'm so politically active on one side or the other. You don't necessarily have to show that in that respect, but don't not be yourself. Don't support something that you don't believe in just because you think it's what people expect of you. I like to say that a brand is what a business or a person does.
0: Oh, yes. That's
1: but, a good. Repu- but a reputation is what people remember and share.
0: Absolutely. It's that thing that's talked about in other rooms where you may not even be, but you can be intentional about your experiences that you have with, with other people. Isn't that right?
1: No, one hundred percent. I mean, look, you you worked at, at a company like AT&T. You worked at a Fortune Fortune five company, whatever. You know, <laughs> and you had a title, and that title was part of your brand. But what you really took with you was your reputation. Your title. Yes. There were there are dozens of people with a title. But when people say Michelle always delivers, you know that when she gets on stage, she's gonna give you something of value. You know that I know that if I, re- and by the way, we know this about each other. If I reach out to you and I don't hear back, I will bet on it that you didn't get my outreach. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> that's that's reputation. Yes. And it also goes to like how we build a brand in the social space. I always say to people, If you really do it right and you're out there being yourself and you're building relationships, very often, if and when someone attacks you or even criticizes you, you can wait and someone will usually jump in and do the defending for you. Yes,
0: indeed. I'm so glad you said that. You know, some people may be thinking, well, she brought a marketing guru on to talk about personal branding and I'm not a tube of toothpaste. But here's the thing. Don't you think? I mean it's up to you to respond the way you 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 think Ted, but isn't this what leadership development and leadership books are missing? Some of these great tenants in marketing around building relationships because that's really the way the brand gets developed, right?
1: I think it misses that and it pay, it spends too much time on trying to get you in and there's value in this, but trying to get you to emulate a good leader. But if you simply emulate a good leader, then you're not bringing yourself. I like to say, I like to say, tell your story in a way people will care. Yes, There there are two important words in that, your your story (laughs) and that people will care. Mm -hmm. and And the other thing is when you tell your story, you're never gonna fumble. You're never gonna have to rethink it. You're never gonna have to, when someone asks you that question, you're not gonna have to go, "Hmm," because you're not telling a different story to different people. It's your story. Now you can shape it. I used to say that, look, I would just like we all do, in our personal lives, you dress for an occasion. If you're going to a wedding and it says black tie, you wear a black tie. If it just says dress, you know, casual, you dress casual. But the same thing in business. Like I I would always learn to dress for my audience. Um, As you know, and actually I believe we might've met through Cheryl Atkins Green the first (laughs) time. I did a lot of work for Mary Kay and Cheryl knew me in all my different, you know, uh, um, um, ways I dressed or things I showed up. But she said, when you're here, make sure you wear a suit. Yeah, you know, and, and when you're here, Ted, you can't curse. <laughs> That's the thing about Mary Kay. Not the Mary Kay way. <laughs> but, then I, but then I say to her, you know, yeah. I've, I've done some work for Cox. Mm-hmm. Their problem is they don't mind if I curse, but they don't want me talking about being a divorced dad. She goes, oh, you can talk about that here. This whole company's based on the fact that Mary Kay was divorced and needed to create a living for her and her family. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's learning what parts of your brand and what parts of you fit into the situation you're in and then making sure to address those and be mindful of it.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned how many leadership books talk about emulating some great leader. It's it's so important that you find your story and understand what your organic value is in that story and plot your own course. I have a section in the book that says, be brave, Do you, not her, because so often we see these women who have made it to amazing spaces and we study them and we try to just pick apart their journey and try to mimic everything that they do. How does that work out in marketing? It
1: doesn't work, does it? (laughs) You know, I think it's harder for women because there are less examples, obviously, yeah. because of the lack of opportunity. So you see one, someone that's clawed their way through and gotten to that position of power and you say, oh my God, I want to follow that same path because obviously it's a difficult path to find. Right. So it's, it's more difficult for women. Whereas a a man has more opportunity to say, Oh my God, there's half a dozen, 10 dozen, 50 dozen ways to get to the top. Yeah. We're more inclined possibly again. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, this is about experience. So I think that it's important that you're putting out this message that you need to find yourself in all of that. And look, there's value in reading a book about a leader and learning what they did right. That totally. Much, but you need to relate it to your own journey and how it works best for you. Because if you're being something you're not, it's going to be very difficult to keep that up.
0: So right. So spot on. Now, Ted, you do a lot of talk around a phrase that you use. And it's called return on relationship. You even have a hashtag, our on R, right? Hashtag R on R. Tell us what that means and how it can apply to building a really strong personal brand.
1: Well I'm gonna I'm gonna put this simply R O R or return a relationship or the hashtag I use R and R simply put is the value that is accrued by a person or a brand due Mm -hmm. to nurturing a relationship, taking that time, putting in the the caring and, and, and the devotion. And you know, ROI, break it down, is simple dollars and cents. Yes. ROI is a lot more complicated because it's the value both perceived and real that will accrue over time through connection, trust, loyalty, recommendations, and sharing. And I like to say, you know, use to define and educate companies, brands, and most importantly, people, about the importance of creating authentic connection, interaction, and engagement. Mm. And, and if, you, if you don't look at it that way, and if you don't understand that those relationships add so much value, you're missing the whole point here. So yeah. this, isn't, this isn't just about making friends. You know, A lot of mm-hmm. times people misunderstand that. They go, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to accomplish my goals. Well, first of all, we're, none of us are in this by ourselves, more now than ever right, right? I mean, and there's more competition from a- every single aspect of what we're doing and just about anybody i like to say this is the age of influence where anybody can build a brand make change affect you know affect change make a difference 24/7 without exactly. ever leaving their bedrooms right I mean, learning that now with covid right look at all these people that are creating so much value right from home with no travel and no going to the office so what that means is that there's so much more going on out there and so much more competition that if you're not building allies, if you're not building relationships, if you're not looking at what you can do for others before they do for you, Mm -hmm. then then you're going to be missing out on on that extra power. Now, that doesn't mean that someone can't do it by themselves. You know, people, whenever you state something, to me, that's a generality that adds value. People always like to point out, oh, well this guy did it and he doesn't care about anybody. Or, you know, yeah, okay, there's always the unicorn. There's always that anomaly. It, you're always gonna find the guy that smoked his entire life and lived till hundred and never got sick. That yeah. doesn't mean you can smoke and, and, and not cause damage to it's your It's not body.
0: the rule, he's the exception.
1: Right. And the rule really is the more people you're connected to, the more people you can call on. I mean, why do you think a, a platform like LinkedIn has gotten so much value? Because it allows you to scale out that relationship building and that connection. It doesn't mean you're friends with everybody, but what happens? You reach out to me and you say, hey, Ted, I'm looking into doing some consulting in this area. Do you know anybody? And I go into, and, and you look into your context and then I go into my context, you know, and it's like that old Doubleman commercial, you know, the <laughs> you two friends and he told two friends. And you know, so on on right, and it gives you that ability to connect with more people. And then it's not just about being connected because you and I both know you reach out to somebody that you connected with five, six, seven years ago and never communicated with since. The odds are they're going to ignore your outreach, or yeah. they you, they'll say, Hey, nice hearing from you, Michelle, make it a great day. You know, hope everything's good. <laughs> But if if there are people out there that you built relationships with, now, not every one, of course, but each one of those adds value that allows you to call on that if and when necessary.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there are probably people watching right now and they're like, well, you know, isn't this a book that's a rock star leadership guide for women of color? Yes, indeed it is. And you're probably going, well, what's black about it? Everything that he said today applies to me too. You're absolutely right. Everything in here, can solve for anyone's leadership issues. But here's the thing, he mentioned one thing, Ted mentioned one thing that's very, very important. The number of African-American leaders are so minuscule in Fortune 500s at the very, very top that we need something to look to and not always mimic. That's the first thing. The second thing is this, generation over generation as we watched our parents and even our grandparents work, No one was intentional about their brand. This is just not something you did. You didn't talk about merchandising your work. You kept your head down. You did your work and you stayed in that company for 15, 20 years. We live in a totally different marketplace, don't we, Ted? 100%.
1: You know, I talk to people about this all the time. You have to have a little forethought about this. What what happens to a lot of us is we get into... Let's take a good place. We have a good job. Things are going well. And we start letting go on the things we used to do to yes. make those relationships. We we think we don't need that right now. And right. somebody comes out to you for a favor and you're a little too busy and you don't take the moment. It's okay to be too busy. It's okay to get back to someone and say, I just can't take care of this now, but it's not okay to not get back. And I like to say, this happens to me all the time. You know, we reach out to people and they don't get back to you. And then all of a sudden, I know when someone's lost a job. I get You're an
0: outreach, pinch, right?
1: <laughs> I get I get an outreach. that says, "Hey, Ted, it's John. Hey, man, I know I kind of didn't answer a bunch of your emails and outreaches over the last couple of years, but you know, I've been really busy and I had a really important job. But I was wondering, you know, my company is <laughs> changing some direction, and I was wondering if we could get on the phone and I could pick your brain for about half an hour and maybe you could make some introductions. How do you think I feel when I get that outreach? Yeah." You know, I might be the exception who says, okay, listen, I'm going to help anyway. But I got to tell you, a lot of people don't. And even if I do, I'm certainly not as passionate about it as I might have been if that person had taken the time to answer my outreach Absolutely. when they didn't need me. And I think we have to you know, think about that for ourselves. Think about, look at yourself and say, would I want to be my friend? Yeah. You know w- w- what? What would I want to do? And then think, take that. You know, there's that. You know, of course, there's the time-tested and old uh, um, reputation. I mean, uh, um, tagline. You know, do do unto others. But yeah. I think I think it goes a little further than that. I think you have to just look at yourself, and say, look at the way I'm behaving. Like what I want to be, my friend. And by the way, when you do that periodically, it allows you to open your eyes a little bit to what you might not be doing and what you need to do. And look, I won't swear to you that I'm always nice and that I'm always good to people. And I always do everything the way you should. And I don't lose my cool sometimes. But most often, especially if you watch my feed, even if I have a contentious forth with somebody, I'll usually end it with, I hope all is well with you and your family or
0: And you mean that, Ted. You actually absolutely mean that. I believe that because I've had that experience with you. I've seen it and you are who you are. And the proof's in the pudding. It's not just in your talk. It's, the, it's it's your walk too. One other thing that I wanted to to touch on, and that is I like the idea that you've brought to the table of just, okay, now I need my contact. So now I'm going to reach out to my contact. Yeah we do this as people, as professionals, we decide that it's important to work on the brand when you're in a pinch, when you need a job, when you need to think of something else, when things have gone toxic at work, but that's too late.
1: That's too late. If you're not thinking about this all the time, you know, again, you're exactly right. It's like anything else. Oh, I've got to, I've got to update my LinkedIn account. Why hasn't it been updated before? Why is your photo not available? You know, I can't tell you how often I'll, I'll you know, you know I, 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 I was the MC for the brand innovators event. Yes. For, that's how we met. And I did it, you know, I did 50 something events a year. And very often before an event, I'd reach out to somebody who I knew was going to be on stage. And I wanted to make sure that I personalize something. Maybe I knew something about them. I wanted to see what they look like so I could find them because Brand Innovators doesn't have a lot of uh, support people in their mm-hmm, organization. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't always know. And I couldn't tell you how many times there'd be no photo on someone's on someone's profile. And when I'd mention it to them, they go, oh, look, it's just not, it's not important. I'm, I'm doing great. Like, I don't need that. You know, and I will tell you that from every damn level I know, I don't mm-hmm. care if you're if you're an entry level employee to CEO. At some point, you're going to be looking for a job, or you're yeah. going to be looking for some assistance, or your kid's going to want to get a job somewhere else, or you're going to want to do something. And here's where you really, where the rubber meets the road. People say to you, "Well, I can't do that to everybody. How are they going to know?" what I did, and that goes into what your reputation is. Because mm-hmm. what I've learned is many more people know about me than I've interacted with directly.
0: Isn't that the truth? <laughs>
1: because the more you do it, the more your reputation grows. I mean, yes. the more you you treat someone good, it's like anything else. They speak to somebody else and they share something else. Oh, someone told me they bumped into Michelle and she was so gracious. I couldn't believe the way she took the time. And I know that she had to run and get back to her office, but I told her I needed a moment. Uh, you know it's and, and then do something that I was taught by my mom and dad when mm-hmm. I went on, when I went on my first date it was look at someone when you're talking to them yes. like be in the moment I'll tell you one of the guys that does this better than anybody and I know you know him and I know I you learned you, from Google I Chrome you had, that's me sorry about that and I know you've it's had you that, I was like what is okay, going on <laughs> I know you've had this experience um Chris Gardner Yes. Now, now here's a man who is incredibly successful, on the go, busy as can be, but when he's talking to you- Oh, he There was no one else in the room. Yes. Uh, it, it's remarkable. And I've seen him, like he'd be in a conversation with someone after, after he spoke at an event and someone would come up, someone really important would come up to talk to him, to let him know that he had to be somewhere. And he would look at them and go, can you yes. see this marking?
0: And he would be surrounded by a sea of people. For everybody who doesn't know who Chris Gardner is, this is the man whose life was chronicled in the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. So he is the CEO of happiness on Twitter. You can follow him anywhere. But this is your friendly neighborhood billionaire. And you're absolutely right. I've been in situations where he's speaking and hordes and crowds of people are just thronged, you know, following him. And that one person in the very back This is. I'd like to talk to you, Mr. Gardner, and exactly what you said, he looks them dead in the eye and nobody can stop him from talking to that person.
1: And it's so important because we're all, you know, obviously less now because we're not at events a lot, but when you're at events or you're at meetings or other things, you're talking to somebody and there's other people running around the room that you might want to talk to, you want to see. Uh, Yes, you might miss somebody, You might lose out on a momentary part of it, but the value you get from concentrating on that person you're talking to. And again, the way it builds your brand. Yes. Someone to say when Michelle's talking to me, she's talking to me. You know, when, when Ted's talking to me, that's my goal. I, and by the way, it's not easy. Our minds are going. We, we, we certainly haven't closed our vision and we see the people and, and, but it's something you really have to focus. I focus on it all the time.
0: You know, you're absolutely right. And you have to train yourself. Yes. Um, you've heard of the term mindful listening and active listening. I know in coaching, that's something that we have to do. We have to sit and listen to our clients and be intuitive about what they're saying. And that's even beyond the eye contact. That now, means that you are so into their story that nothing else matters.
1: Here's something else that you that's important That when, when you said that. Another mistake a lot of us make is we're trying to think of what to say next. So we're not really paying attention to what they're saying to us. And it's easy to fall into that trap because we want to impress that person or or we want to deliver. It might not even be a a personal thing. We might want to deliver for them. We might want to give them value back. And we think that that value comes from us knowing what to say the moment they're done, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't. The value comes by paying attention and listening. Yes. Yet, sometimes being able to repeat back what they said to you. And what, what people have to learn is there's nothing wrong with saying, let me think about that for a second. Yes.
0: You know, and like, you know if you can follow up with a great question, it right. shows your investment and it shows that you really, really do care and want to know more.
1: Right. so and important these, so these things, these things go into brand building that are going to add the value they're going to make you stand out no matter what your individual um um th- th- no matter what's on your resume no matter what you're wearing no matter what color your skin is it, it, it's really about how you pay attention to people and the value you add by showing them that you care
0: absolutely one more point that i want to touch on before i let you go ted that's yeah. so Thank you for taking this time. You have a mantra, you have a few of them, but this one is also in the book. I quoted you early on in the book, believe is in chapter five. And I say, your network is your reach and your community is your power. Can you drill down on that even more? Because I think people get caught up in the idea of networking and they make these superficial contacts. And then they don't understand that when they want something, need something, need to make an ask, why that network isn't activated, your community actually is, and there's a reason why.
1: Well, you know, I I used to, I learned along something a long time ago. I, I used to think of myself as a networker.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I'm the guy that every walk, every place I've ever been, whether it's a school, an organization, a job, I've always left with more relationships with at least one or two people that have become part of, you know, my group or, or my circles or what I do. and. I realized at one point somebody looked at me and said, You're not really a networker because mm. it's not about the numbers for you. They said you're a community builder.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I and I don't just build one community. Remember Google Circles? Remember when Google Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> they, they were really on to something. They just weren't a social company, so they thought differently. But the idea that you can have different groups that overlap in different places, and there might be your one central community, but you can be a part or be the builder of a lot of different communities. And the way I say it, and, and by the way, this is not a correction because I love the way you shared it because you need to personalize it. The way I say it is that a network gives you reach. Yes. The community gives you power. Yes. Networks connect, mm-hmm. communities care. Yes. So, so a network gives you that ability to, for me to reach out to Michelle who reaches out to someone else who gets me that contact. But a community is when people care about each other. Think about the way you live. Like you have a neighbor and they call you up and they say, hey, Michelle, there's a truck outside your door. Is somebody working on your house? Or Michelle, I noticed you're out of town, but there's some people in your pool. Like, you know, what's that all about? Or <laughs> um, there was a party at your house this weekend. Did your kids have permission to have a party? <laughs> you know? It's because they they care and they're invested. It, somebody you're just
0: connected to may not even... Think to do that because they just
1: don't care. Exactly, and what a community does is it brings in more than just you. Like what I, all my friends know each other and they've all built relationships off of that, the communities I brought them into. So it's 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 much more plural versus singular. And a network yeah. I'm connected to you, a community is I am connected to this group. And when you say to one person, hey, do you know so-and-so? Or can you introduce me to this person? Versus when you ask your community, I'm starting a new business. Can you help me? Can you support me? Can you send people to me? There's a lot more value in there. So to me, that's a big part of what I do.
0: Absolutely. I, I like to tell my clients that community really is that group of people that knows you, likes you, and will do things for you and vice versa it's never just one way it's and a two way what, street
1: what's also important is when you're in a network when you when you're connected to somebody it's all about whether they like you in the yeah. community, they don't even have to know you that well, but they know that you're a part of that community. Like, hey, Ted, I heard, you know, Michelle, like she goes to those meetings with you every week. You know, you know, I'm going to be working with her. Oh, that's great. She's fantastic. You know, it, it gives you credibility when you people that that add value to their different communities. And I don't know, to me, I like to say that relationships relationships are like muscle tissue. The mm-hmm. more you engage them, the stronger and more valuable they become. And if you think about this, you know one of the best parts I love about being in your book mm-hmm. is that you you didn't call me or email me and ask me for a quote. You took what you had heard me using and doing for years. yeah, it's become part of the way you thought. You attributed it to me, which thank you, that was really nice. It wasn't <laughs> necessary, but I appreciate it. But it means that you didn't write to me and say, Ted, I need something for my book. It's going to go in this chapter. Can you write me something relevant? you knew about, you knew my brand. Absolutely. And you included it in the book.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? This goes all the way back to a request that I made to you when I was writing for Black Enterprise and contributing for that. And I did an article on employee advocacy versus your personal brand, which actually made it into this book as well. And it just, It needed to be there because so many women and women of color struggle with the idea of giving someone else's brand their 100% and never giving their own any. Right. So I really, really appreciate it. And Ted Rubin, everybody, he's one of the voices in my book. No, thanks. Seven ways to say, I'll just include myself. Ted, thank you so much for your time today and expounding on what it means to build your brand through relationships. Thank you so
1: much. My pleasure, Michelle. Anytime, anywhere you know, you can always reach me and I'll be there
0: And same here. You take care. Everybody, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to go to nothanksbook.com. You can pick up your book, pick up gear. I've got mugs, I've got journals, all sorts of things. Check it out or you can find it anywhere online around the world. That's all we have for you today. See you online. What an exciting conversation with Ted Rubin, CMO of Photify, one of the expert voices inside my new book. No thanks. Seven ways to say I'll just include myself. Be sure to go get the book. You heard the call to action. Guess what? We're almost, almost, almost up to the time of Thanksgiving. It's the holidays, y'all. And guess what? For the first time ever, the Culture Soup podcast is taking the rest of the year off. All the way through December, we'll return in January, the week of the 19th. Can you believe that I did two years straight, non-stop plus some change? So, until then, you've got over 200 episodes to go back and, and experience all yourself. And I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. Stay safe. Wear a mask, wash your hands, resist the urge to gather. We can get through this together. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until 2021. The Culture Soup
1: Podcast is a production of No-Size Communication, LLC.
0: The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.